Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All righty. Welcome, everybody, again. Back to the basement binge another week, and I'm Harrison. I'm Kate. And this is Kelton. And this week we watched Alita Battle Angel, a movie that I have been so anticipating to watch with you guys. So I've seen this movie before. Kate and Kelton haven't. This is a first watch for them. Uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting movie to talk about. I'm I'm way excited for this. So, Yeah, it's I've been... I don't know. I've been really excited to watch this movie because it's something new. I always watching, love watching a new movie just off the first start because just that first experience is something that you can never really get anywhere else other than watching a movie for the first time. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people and also an you know, update on our social media. Um, for those who don't know, I started a poll on Twitter a couple of days ago of what I should do before watching Alita Battle Angel. And here were the options of that poll. <clears throat> they only gave me four options on Twitter, which is kind of sad. But here's the options. I could either, one, do some research before the movie, watch the trailer 100 times to get hyped up for it, forget it, forget about it until the day we watch it, or ask around and see what other people think about it. And, man, we I got 89 votes on the poll, and the, the winner of the poll was forget about it until movie day, which that's exactly what I did. I just... Didn't think about it. Try to kind of stay off of social media because there was some posts about it because it was just being kind of hyped up on our Twitter, on our basement binge Twitter account. So I was kind of just isolated myself a little bit. And I want to give a big shout out to all those who did actually not only did vote but replied, such as um, Charles at, at BVGN. He said it's a great movie, told me to enjoy it. Also, Boss Stitch told me that the. the Trailers don't give the give the film a disservice. So that was a good way to avoid that. Also, Indie Nut ninety three also said that the number two number three trailers were pretty good. So I kind of watched those a little bit just for a first little you know tidbit of it. And also Dizzy B, Dizzy B twenty three said it was a, it's freaking epic, and I, I should just dive in. So that's exactly what I did, and I'll let you know about about it in my two cents. But um. I just want to give you a big shout out to like all those people on Twitter who have really just started to follow us and just it's been an awesome journey to see you guys just to hop on our join a little party. We've gotten up to sixty followers. I think it's sixty one as of this morning. And that's awesome. We're so happy you guys follow us. Just keep following us here on Twitter. That's where most of our conversations and polls are at. So join the party. As well as, you know, keep on downloading. That was awesome. We've if I remember right, we've passed two hundred downloads. That's awesome. Keep it coming. Heck yeah, guys. Um, like Kate just said, we just passed 200 downloads, and we want to keep pushing that every single week, guys. Um, we put out a podcast every week, so you guys should keep listening in. But also, just like, we already have up to, I believe, 10 episodes now. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is our 11th episode, so there are plenty of stuff, content you guys can go back to and, and talk to your friends about it, you know? You could pull up. We've watched Inception. Into the Spider Verse, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, a bunch of Marvel movies. Like, go check them out. Like, even if you don't want to like listen to all of them, if you have one movie you love, just go look it up. And if we haven't seen a movie that you really want us to talk about, just add us on Twitter or Instagram, or put it in the comments, and we'll check it out. Um, but yeah, we got to reach our goal before the end of the year: one thousand downloads. So we are one fifth of the way there, but we got to keep it coming every week. We love you guys. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and two last exciting announcements here. Um, the first one is one that I'm extremely excited about. So I've said this multiple times in the podcast where I've been like, I was so excited to have a podcast to have people join a conversation about movies because I'm just in love with them. Um, so we're starting a Discord 
if you guys don't know what Discord is, um, it's just kind of like an online chat community um, where you can join in on a bunch of different channels about a bunch of different things and talk about what you love. Anybody's welcome to join. So the link for that um, and all the channels and rules and whatever will be in all the show notes. So yeah, come join us on Discord and you can talk to us directly. Each one of us will have a profile and also a kind of general one. So yeah, come join us there. And the second announcement is one that's incredibly exciting. Like Kellen just said, we got we need your guys' help to get this podcast thing rolling the way we need it. Um, and something that's really holding us up the most is is our kind of our microphones, especially last episode <laughs> and editing. Um, so we launched a kickstart, you know, where we're gonna ask you guys to help us out to to get some better podcasting equipment that'll be linked below if you do contribute there thank you so much don't feel like you need to this is always going to be free because we just love doing it and love sharing this conversation with you guys but if you want to support us definitely check out the kickstart so enough announcements let's get into the movie here breakdown of the show this is how it's go so as always we start with our two cents a phrase we've coined where you get two minutes of uninterrupted time to give your reactions to the movie followed up with something new because this is what we are calling the first watch where at least one of us has never seen the movie before so it being a first watch for both Kate and Kelton. We're going to add our new segment, Does It Live Up?, where we'll share why we wanted to watch this movie, what the, the reason was, and then those who have not seen it will get to share, you know, does it live up to the expectations, whether those were good or bad expectations. Followed up by Pick Your Poison, our, our personal rating scale, bench points, dislikes, favorite scenes, and then our, my personal favorite, Fall In. So I'm. this is going to be a good podcast, so let's jump in. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to start off with two cents. I got it ready for you. Um, yeah, so I'll go first. All right. I haven't said anything since the movie ended yeah. like 20 minutes ago so. about this movie because I want to save it for now. But, man, holy cow. Like, this movie, uh, it's so hard to phrase it how I want to. I think this movie... Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Alright, this movie was incredible. I loved this movie. And there were a couple things I think that could have been done better. But, like, just the way it, like, like, there were a lot of twists. And, like, you're constantly on the edge of your seat trying to figure out what the heck is happening. Who is Alita? Like, who's this Nova guy? Cause we don't we don't even like see him in person until like the very end, and he like takes off his glasses and you're like what the heck, and we pretty much know nothing about this city other than the fact that everyone wants to go there and you just can't buy into it like, so it really hooks you, like I you know like Harrison said I hadn't seen this movie before like the only I heard two things, actually I'll I'll save that for the next seg- segment but. Yeah, this movie was awesome. The action was incredible. Really cool fight scenes. Like, I was getting hyped up, man. Like, that was so cool to watch. And, like, just... It really kept you, like, emotionally invested, too. As, like, you see Alita, like, begins to, like, fall in love with, like, Hugo and stuff like that. But also, like, her relationship with her father, um, Dr. Ito. And so it was... It, like, you progressed along with her. And, like, you just loved her as a character you know because she like she just does even though she's like a cyborg she does like everything human and like it just really makes you like just cheer with her along the way of like battling up through the ranks to like become top dog and everything ah freak dude it's too short (laughs) (laughs) all right get me going Cade. so I love adaptations. Uh, the more I watch movies, the more I'm discovering adaptations, good adaptations, are like my favorite genre, genre if that's a genre of movies. Kellen's over there loving on his origin story, so I guess he loved this movie too. But anything that's an adaptation, I just love. Um, it's because films and like the, the format of film is the one that like speaks to me or I connect with the best. Like that's how I understand the messages and the stories. That's the one I enjoy the most compared to books or comics, manga, whatever it is. So it's always exciting to see a story that I love or a good story transition into a movie because that's what connects with me. Anyway, this movie's such a good adaptation. I'd never... I'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's such a good movie. Alita's amazing. She, she, Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita, did amazing. There's great acting in it. The action is a ton of fun. 
I remember we were sitting there and the first action scene came and they were just kind of like slouching on the couch. And as soon as it started, both of them sat up and started like watching more intently. It was so great to see. Alita's unstoppable, but like so completely human, which is amazing and really fun to watch. It's so rewatchable because the world building and character development is amazing. Like they don't just spell it out like this is Motorball, this is this is Zolom, this is Iron City, this is Berserker, this is Panzer Kunz, this is Alita. Like it's small details that you put together over the course of the movie and you figure it out. Like there's never a point where it's all spelled out. You figure it out as you watch and you put the pieces together and it's so rewatchable for that reason. Um, on top of that, the character development's great. Like the way it's done is really small. Like at one scene, Alita walks out and almost gets ran over and then she goes outside a second time and she waits to cross the street. So like the way the story is told is so much fun to me. Um, also the CGI on Alita is amazing no uncanny valley whatsoever like even with those huge eyes it's just <laughs> so good so she's just completely unstoppable and a total boss it's fun to watch like a female character be like really strong-willed while still having a lot of agency but also being unstoppable and like fighting for what she believes in it's just a positive movie all around so many things to say about it all right okay well that's my two cents um first thing i noticed about this movie was the cinematography is that it sets you in the mood of like this is an epic city that has so much going on and that you are in for a ride and that I was really curious of like, I've seen pictures of Alita and how like her eyes are so big and people are like saying like, Oh, it's too big. Oh, it's weird. It's all, it's all, it's like a magna, like a, like a anime, anime almost, manga. you know, manga. Well, my thought was like, well, that's like, I mean, this kind of, she's a machine and she's just like that. So I didn't feel like that was a big problem. One, one thing is just, is that um, when it comes to movies, I have this weird um, habit where I kind of raise my feet a little bit and like kind of tense up my legs a little bit when I'm watching a movie. My legs are a little sore at the end of this movie. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it that way. I was kind of like on the edge of my seat a lot and I was kind of just making this kind of dumb face because I was just trying to listen and focus on the movie so much because there was so much going on and the story was just very interesting and I wanted to know what was going to happen and there was a lot of times where we're like okay I don't know what's going to happen at this point I can't really predict or give a theory because I just everything seems crazy but it's not too crazy where it's confusing it's just crazy to where I want to know what's going to happen and the battle scenes were so epic I'm excited for favorite scenes because I want to talk about that stuff and I want to talk about fall in I want to talk about references I want to talk about questions and I want to talk about sequels and possible sequels and all possible sequels and everything like that but it's just all around this movie has it's proven to me that mm, like anime live action anime can actually become legitimate like there is hope for that stuff and so i'm super excited for that and i have 10 seconds but other than that i think alita is a great movie i, I really enjoyed this movie all around i'm excited to talk about it well, that leads us to our next section that I think we were all like preventing, like trying to yeah, stop yeah, ourselves yeah. from talking about in our two cents. So, so does it live up? So I'll share first. I was the one who put this movie on the schedule because so the background for me, I consider myself like a movie buff, someone who really enjoys movies and is in like the news about movies. Like I always hear about a movie when it's coming out and heard nothing like absolutely nothing about this movie didn't even know it was a thing until one of my favorite youtubers cinema wins did a review of it and talked about how amazing it was and i was like oh i didn't know this was a movie and his way talking about it he talked about how good it was and how surprised he was by it so then i rented it because i had a credit i could use on voodoo and i was like whatever i don't have another movie to watch i'll just watch it and i was like dang this movie's good and i was so sad that i didn't see it in theaters anyway so fell in love with the movie since then i've started to read the manga even though i've never read a manga before in my life it like actually one time i did before but it got me into that again and it's a ton of fun and i just think it's an incredibly underrated movie that just kind of like went unnoticed that more people should see. But I think that one of the reasons it's so great is one, it's a like a live action anime that's actually done well. And on top of that, so just a small history of this movie. So James Cameron, he's a really famous producer and director. Some films that he's known for is Avatar, Titanic, Terminator. I'm sure you recognize him after those movies if you don't. IMDb it. He's really famous for well-crafted and kind of CGI revolutionary movies. Um, and so he fell in love with both the manga and the anime. 
And because of that, he just wanted to make a movie. Like it wasn't a cash grab. It it was just like he loves the Alita and he loves the story of Alita. So he wanted to make a movie about it. So he wrote a whole script. Um, and then he got approved to make Avatar 2 when Disney bought Fox. So he just like dumped all his screenplay and like 30 years, I think, worth of notes onto Robert Rodriguez. Rod, Rod Riguez. Why is that so hard to say? He directed it. So it was like... James Cameron, who's like, I want to make this, and then got approved to make Avatar 2. He's like, oh, Robert, here you go. Take all my 30 years worth of notes and make this great movie. And it is. So anyway, I just think it's underrated. I think it's a ton of fun. I think Elite is a great character. The world is something I want more of. So I wanted to share it with you guys and see what you thought about it, because, again, nobody knows about it. So, did it live up? I say yes. I say it lived up to expectations because I wanted to see a good all-around movie I wanted to see great action, and I wanted to see a story that didn't leave major plot holes in it. So, what were was it that was your only expectations, or what? Um, a li- yeah, a little bit, just a, a gist of what my expectations were. I just wanted a good, solid movie with great action and great story. Um, I didn't, I wasn't expecting like a major, like, generational movie. That makes sense. And I did it actually. It went a little above my expectations because it's. Because it's a big different, it's a different approach of how movies should be. Because it's after an anime. Um, yeah, like the way the story's told, it's different. Like there's more anime. Right. And I will say this is my fr- my first two words that came out of my mouth. Well, the first phrase that came out of my mouth I was like, "Really? That's it? Dang, this needs a sequel." Because like it just ends on just a note where it's like. I need the next movie now. Like, I need it now, you know? And it was, I was impressed because sometimes when movies try to end on a big cliffhanger or, like, you live, you leave with questions, it seems like they could have made it better in, like, ending it. But this time, looking at this movie, it provided a solid story to where it, it kind of it almost came full circle but to the point where when it ended, it didn't leave me unsatisfied, leave me wanting more. And I, I think that's what they delivered it. I think this needs a sequel. Because I need, because there's so many questions that I have that are unanswered that I want to know about. Yeah. All right. The expectations. I, so coming into this movie, like, I remember seeing like a trailer for it once, like a long time ago. And, like, to me, I saw, like, the name was, like, Alita Battle Angel. And, like, I mentioned during the movie, like, for some reason, the name was just, like, a turnoff for me because Battle Angel just sounds like, you know, oh, what's the word? It's, like, a contrast, like, oh, um, a little big oxymoron. man. Yeah, an oxymoron. I was just like, what? Like, a Battle Angel? Okay. So it seemed, like, too cheesy for me, but then also Alita in, like, Spanish means, like, chicken wing. So I was just like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so, anyways, like, I remember seeing the name, and, it, I, and then I saw, like, her giant eyes. I was like, okay, whatever, like... And, like, I saw there were, like, actual actors in it, too, like, real humans. So, I thought it was different, you know? And then, the other thing I heard, I can't remember who told me, but someone said, like, the ending, it just felt like it just... Like, they're going through the story, and then, bam, it just, like, stops. So, that's what I knew, like, coming into this movie. <laughs> and so, like, toward, like at the end part i was like okay yeah i feel like i think it's gonna stop somewhere soon so it definitely like changed my like pers- like perception of what was gonna happen um but i would say looking at the story as it is i think they did a really good job of making this a great movie but i think it had the potential to be be so much better just in how they like set up the movie and how you perceive it because I think they, they, they generally, there's two main questions that come to mind when I saw this movie. And it's one is, who the heck is Alita? And then two is like, why does everyone have beef with this city in the sky? You know? And I think they did a good job on setting those up, but they didn't answer them in a way to, like, I think, hook you like 100%. With the Sky City, like, I still feel like we know nothing about. Yeah. Like, other than the fact that Dr. Ito was born there, and then he had to bounce because his daughter was sick. And then, like, you just can't go up there. Like, that's that. Um, Although I did like that one line that uh, Victor, Vector said. 
where he, he said like I'd rather rule over hell than be a servant in heaven or then serve heaven or something like that. Yeah. No, yeah, like yeah, and serve in heaven that. or something like yeah. that. And that made me think a lot. I was like, whoa, like it kind of like hinted at maybe how the city in the sky is, like maybe it's controlled. There's like a hierarchy of how people live and stuff like that. So that was pretty dang interesting, but I think it's really good that they set up those two questions, but I think they needed to answer one completely. It's great that they leave you like, what the heck? You know, I want to know. It leads you to the sequel, right? But when they answer one of those, it like, I don't know. Nothing that like would give away like what's going to happen in the future, but it gives you like a better solid foundation. Does that make sense? Yeah. But they did a really good job. Like, I'd say they almost nailed it. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, like 10 being perfect, I'd say they did like an 8. I just think there's a couple things like if they would, I think if they would tell us more, it would really just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, dang. Like maybe like, maybe like a small explanation or just like give them like five more like, minutes. I just want to, like they did a good job of explaining of who Alita is, like the flashbacks to the past. Yeah. But it doesn't bridge the gap between, okay, she's like this super dope like space soldier. And then all of a sudden she's like in the scrap heap, like just like her core, you know. Like I, and I'm sure they'll probably answer that later, and I don't know if like it's in the comics or the anime or anything like the answer to that. Um, but I would have liked to know my hero more in like the first movie, and this is just me talking. Like, I love to get the hero like understand their whole story before we dive into the plot. So that's like the only like thing where I'm like okay, but honestly, I would say this definitely like exceeded my expectations because they were pretty low, like from what I've heard. Because I didn't hear anything about it. And like person told me, you know, it kind of just stops. Like right in the middle of the plot. Yeah. So this definitely exceeded my expectations. This is good. So I'm glad you guys both liked it. I was honestly worried that... Because I agree with what you said, Kellen. But I think in reading the manga now... I still haven't seen the anime. I, I don't know where to watch it. But anyway, I had the same thing. Like, what the heck? Like, who that... Why? Who's Alita? Like, why? <laughs> and... <laughs> So I started reading the manga, wanting to find the answer, and same thing. Not answered. Zalem, what the heck is that? Just some powerful city that's not answered. So I think that I'm starting to understand that it's like, maybe, I don't know, I'm not that familiar with it. I think maybe that's the type of storytelling that manga and anime is, is like there's some big, greater thing, but you focus on the smaller stories and how they slowly build to some bigger answer. I guess, I don't know, I'm very, very much a... Maybe that's honest. just like my preconceived notion of like how... An, uh a story a mo- yeah, a story is told, you know. So, I, so I, you know, I may not like it just because it's different, mm-hmm. but you know, hopefully later on, if they make more movies, which I heard they're like planning on like three or four. Three uh, or four? Yeah, I just like looked it up, oh, but hopefully they'll get answered because I, yeah. you know, there are parts of the story that you just want to know, right? Yeah, right? As a viewer and everything. So. so I completely agree with you. I'm still bothered by it that I don't know the answer. But I think I'm starting to understand that, like, that's the reason why. That would make sense. And, and maybe, maybe it's not even, like, I'm, only, I'm not even through the first series. There's three series of the books. I'm not even through the first one. Maybe it's never answered. I don't know. This isn't about the books. This is about the movie. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I wonder what will happen further in, in, in the series. But, hey, it did a good job of getting me hooked. Like, I yeah. re- like, if there was a second one, I would, like, watch it, like, today, like, right now, so... Yeah, it did a good job of hooking me. I, I want to know what's yeah. going to happen. I agree. And I also think they did a good job of, like, giving you enough details about Alita that you, like, totally fall in love with her. Oh, yes. Like, Beast. yeah, she's amazing. Beast. So, yeah, okay. So, I guess it lived up. That's good. Good job, Alita. So, should we move in to... Uh... Yeah, pick your poison. So, this segment, um, moving forward, this is where we give a rating either to buy this movie, where we would rent it, like... Like, you want to watch it again, but wouldn't necessarily want to be fully committed in buying it, or to never watch it again. Um, I'll jump in first. I think my first thought is like, how am I going to convince Sam that um, my wife that we'd buy this movie? Because I, I I feel like I really want to know. I really want to buy it. Cause it's just it's just a great solid movie all around. But like, how can I get her interested? You know? Because I don't know. It's just like. At, that's my mind is still trying to figure it out, but I would want to buy it. I'd want to get it because it's just the potential of having from like from what I heard from Kel and then from what his research says, three to four movies after this one. So I think I want to invest in this. That's what I got. That's my poison. I want to pick. Okay. All right. 
Um, I would definitely buy this movie just to watch the action again. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's so cool. Like, just the the way the different, like, cyborgs are built and the way they fight. Yeah, like, cool. each cyborg she, face, cyborg she faces isn't just, like, some, okay, punch this guy and I, like, kick him. Or, and none of that. It's, like, she, like, did different things to, like, beat each of the enemies. Like, that... And so... The action's so much fun to watch. Like, I wouldn't mind watching them again, like, right now. Um, the story itself, this one is, I feel like, a kind of story, like, once you see it the first time, it doesn't have, like, the same grip the second time, just because it kind of does rely on, like, mystery and keeping you in the dark for, I feel like, a, par- a good part of the movie. So the story probably wouldn't be as good, I feel like, the second time, but it still would be enjoyable. There are some movies out there, after you watch it once, it's, like, incredibly boring. But I don't feel like this movie would do that. And just the action alone would always make it, like, be worth it to watch it again and again. So I would definitely rate this as a buy. So, no surprise here. I already already bought the movie. (laughs) This is, like, every single time. I I already have the movie, so. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything that you guys have said. Another thing that I just want to say for the whole... I mean, the Alita army, the community that loves Alita already knows this. But anybody else, if you're slightly interested in this movie, if you haven't seen it and you're like, I'll go rent it. No, just go buy it. And this is the reason why. One, you'll probably love it, like we all just said. But two, the the sequel, like the movie kind of like didn't make that much money where it's like guaranteed a sequel. But it didn't, but it didn't make too little money where it just like tanked. Like, it was just kind of like middle of the road. So the deciding factor on whether we'll get a sequel or not is how profitable it is like in blu-rays and purchasing it so if you want a sequel go buy the movie <laughs> or if you do if you want to support it all just go there's like a change.org petition that you can sign it just got like seventy-five thousand signatures on it cool. so they're trying to get like one hundred fifty thousand now so go buy that that's off topic yeah i would buy this movie as well i agree with what you guys said that there's nothing that can beat the first time you watch this movie because the story really does rely on your anticipation and your lack of understanding of it. But I also think it's a movie that I totally agree with Kelton. When I'm at work and I'm on my lunch break and I have no services at work, I downloaded this from Movies Anywhere just on my phone. And uh, I'll just like scrub through and find an action scene and just watch the action scene because I don't have the time to watch the whole movie. So it's, But also, like I've seen this movie five times now. And the story is more rewarding because the more and more you learn about the world and Alita, the more you pick up on things. You're like, oh, like, if that kind of makes sense, you, you get more details. So it's a fun movie to rewatch. And uh, yeah, just go support the cause. So. Sweet. All right. I think that brings us down to our binge points now. So binge points is basically any Easter eggs or cool things we details that we really liked when we watched the movie and maybe questions we have or whatever it may be so um what do you guys got i got a ton (laughs) okay so i'll just kind of like ramble mine off um i kind of already mentioned this like the love child of james cameron which i i think is great that it's was a movie made out of passion for it so just some other things i think especially for people who love the manga and the anime like from what i understand and i could be wrong this is like a world famous manga and anime like it's incredibly famous it's already had three adaptations a manga an anime and now a movie and it's just incredibly famous from what i understand so reading the story and knowing more of it i can understand people who love this story like the excitement they had while watching the movie when something would be referenced for the first time like when you see hugo or when you see zapan for the first time or whatever you're like oh like that means this and this and this and so like that was a ton of fun um i think kelton mentioned how a lot of people complain about like the end story uh, like or sorry not the end story how it ends kind of in the middle of a story it's like my personal favorite credit role of any movie ever one because i love the end credit scene which i'll talk about in a second but i just think it's such a good credit role especially knowing the manga now and how if you're reading the manga i'm sorry this might be a spoiler but how the story changes so completely after the events of hugo's death hugo dies and the way i anticipated the story to go after i saw the movie is completely different from what happens in the manga so I think it was a cool thing to say, like, yeah, Alita's story continues after this devastating, life-changing moment. 
and it continues and it's pretty exciting. We'll give you this little snippet of it and then we'll come back for the sequel and tell you the story. So I like it. Um, another bitch. Oh, I mentioned the, uh, the credit roll in the song that plays. So the song is titled Swan Song by Dua Lipa and she's singing how it's not a swan song. So a swan song is like this mythos type thing that a, sw- a swan, the animal, the bird, sings a song only once and it's right before it dies. So like your swan song is your last performance or your last song or whatever before you die. So maybe it's a hint that this isn't the last performance of Alita. She's going to go on and tell more. Um, but yeah, but there's tons of binge points where it's like the story is a pan. Knowing the manga is a ton of fun. So a lot of it has to go with knowing the books, but also just like um, like Alita's berserker body, how she just like interacts with a thing and finds it. And she's just like connected to it. The way she fights is a ton of fun. So I don't want to talk about the books. All of the binge points are connected to the books, but I don't want to talk about them because this is about the movie. But uh, one thing, one binge point I want to reference is the uh, point where the little stray dog gets, you know. Fang is his name in the... It, what's his yeah. name? In the, it's in the manga. His name's Fang. Oh, dang. Well, when Fang dies, that point when she takes the button and kind of like goes like, you know, battle streaks on her eyes. I think knowing what happens at the end of the movie and how Hugo dies, spoiler... Um, if you have no, all of our podcasts are spoilers, but the point where that point, I think foreshadowed that she connects to people and that if you take those things away from her, that is just crazy motivation. That is a inspiration that she holds that to her because the point where when he, after Hugo dies and it fast forwards, like, was it six months later, four months later, something like that, you know, where she cries and as she's like the tear falls another cool moment she cuts the tear in half with her sword it's like master control like you can see that how she's matured but also like a reference that she has a unique gift of connecting to people and just holding that to her heart like that that reference i thought that was really cool as a foreshadow that she became she becomes quick friends with this dog and she loses the dog and then she be just it just turns into this boss. So that 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 point, that point right there was, I think that was a foreshadowing, bit of foreshadowing in the movie. Yeah. Um, I think one really cool moment that I really enjoyed was when I think it's Hugo's friends. They're talking about her, and oh, what's his name? The one who got cut in half. Oh, um, Tanji. Yeah, Tanji. Like, okay, like moment of silence for that dude, because like. <laughs> holy freak (laughs) like like, you know you kind of like don't like him and then you kind of do and then you don't like him and then you like him at the end because he's like oh run Hugo like he's gonna protect him and then he like gets kicked and then all of a sudden I thought he like just got like cut and then like it shows his body and he's like cut in half and I'm like (laughs) what like dude he's god he is dead dude oh shoot there's two pieces of him now like (laughs) what so I was just like, oh my gosh. Anyways, what else? Okay. So there's a part where the other, like, girlfriend of Hugo, she's talking to him, and he's like, oh, why don't you like her or something like that? They're talking about Alita. Oh, uh-huh. And he says, like, isn't she, like, part of, like, the URM or the URM or whatever? Uh, yeah. Like, isn't yeah, she, yeah. like, an enemy? Yeah. And the other girlfriend said, well, yeah, that was, like, 300 years ago. Just, like, get over it. So I thought that was actually kind of cool because I feel like that's how actually someone would actually react. Like, because I thought that too is like, oh, isn't like, isn't she like bad, bad though? Bad you know. But then later on in the movie, you kind of like wonders like, okay, was she really like the enemy though? It makes it seem like the people in the sky like are, the are really the enemy, and she was actually out doing something good. But I, I don't know enough about the Erm to be able to like make yeah, any yeah. conclusions about what they were doing, why, and what happened to them, and why all the other cities fell down, the Sky Cities fell down, but Zalem didn't, and stuff like that. Zalem, right? Zalem. Zalem, sorry. So, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of cool. Like, it just, because I, I had the same question, like, isn't she, like, bad, though? <laughs> so, yeah, that was... Because, that was- throughout the whole movie, you're, you know who that protagonist is and it's alita but you're not sure who the antagonist is like is it victor is it vector is it hugo because he's got this dark side about him is it the city in the sky the wishka guy is it nova is it 
actually Erm or the United yeah. Republic or of Dr. Mars. Dr. Ito. I thought Dr. Ito was bad at first, too. too. Like, oh, so, at the beginning? Yeah, when you see, like, blood on his arm, you're like, shoot, dude. Like, what is going down? <laughs> yeah, so I... That's one thing is a reference to that is they made they try to they give you this big you know hand of cards of which enemy is it who is the enemy and so I thought it was interesting that you know it shows of the progression that Ilya just wants her to she can she's just willing to trust somebody and there's just all this massive gray area but Alita's like it's all or nothing it's like it's black and white for me. And so you can just see her progress through the whole whole movie of, you no, know, wait, is he with a bad guy? No, wait, is, you know, what's his name? Is Zaban? Zapan. Zapan. Is he the bad guy? Kind of, but he's kind of a rogue a little bit because she cuts his face off and then that's the end of him. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> my face. That was gross to see, like, the two teeth and the yeah, tongue, tongue, like, tongue still, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> But then it's like actually it's Nova, so like I didn't and and I th- I think one thing they got they made one point very clear at the end movie is that Alita's the good guy and Nova's the bad guy. Yeah, that's what like that was like the, probably the biggest point they were able to hit pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Super quick other bench points I thought of that I love about this movie. First off, the CGI is amazing. Oh yeah. So a lot of people are going to, I was worried that some people were going to have a problem with Alita's eyes being huge because that's how they are in the manga and it's kind of an anime thing, but there's like no uncanny valley. Do you guys know what uncanny valley is? No. So it's this theory. Let me see if I can find a picture of it, but it's kind of like this idea that when you make a CGI character, there's kind of this valley that our, our minds understand um, oh, here it is. This is the chart I'm looking for. But our minds understand how things aren't human or how they are human. So you want to look at this, Kilton? So, like, it, there's a progression. This is a super complicated ex- explanation. But, like, our understanding of a human likeness and how things aren't aren't human and how we, our brains can understand that. Like, we clearly recognize that a stuffed animal or a statue is not human. But, like, as technology progresses and we go from, like, hand drawings to incredible CGI to deep fakes or whatever we understand like a healthy person there's this uncanny valley in between where like our brains easily recognize that that looks like a human but i know it's not a human and it looks weird like two really good examples are tarkin and um padme from rogue one oh yeah yeah like you see those you instantly like yeah it looks good but like i know that's not a person so there's none of that with elita like even with the big eyes like it looks so real it, it's it's so well done. Um, other one is I love how Ito was really scared to give Alita the berserker body because he thinks she's going to come some lethal weapon. And the first thing she does is wake up is like some super graceful move to like balance on one finger that shows her power, but also like her control over it. And then the next thing she does is she comes and lays on his shoulder. Like such a small but good moment where it's like, yeah, I'm in complete control of this absolutely powerful weapon, but... I'm still in connection with my emotions and my feelings and what's right and wrong and, and love and family and all that. Another one is like um, when Alita goes to the Erm ship and she jumps in the water and they're like, how long can she hold her breath? And she like comes up from the water underneath the ship. She just lets out like a small breath, like like just real small. Like like when I come up from holding my breath for like 30 seconds, I'm like, <gasps> she's been under there for who knows how long. And then she just comes up and like slightly breathes out. I think it's cool to like show how powerful her heart is that she could have held her breath forever. Oh yeah. yeah. Another that made me think of another bitch point, like when she was like feeding the dog her burrito, which she like left in the street after, dude. Oh, come on. I'm hungry now. I know, I want a burrito. No, but when like she's about to get run over by the sentinel thing uh-huh. and like instead like we don't we don't know anything about Alita yet that she's like actually some like super like a bad A and like could kick anyone's butt. But she like right when she's about to get hit, she like Goes into like this fighting stance. It's like, oh shoot, dude! <laughs> it's about to go down, and and then like Hugo like tackles her out of the way, and she like saves the dog in like a super cool way. But that's the first time we see that Alita actually has like a past that really like kind of shows who she is, and she's actually someone who is incredibly like talented at fighting, whatever. And so I thought that was really cool foreshadowing to how she really becomes just like totally super strong like a super soldier but like it just like a little like i guess you could say like 
uh, what's the word like a nonchalant moment but she's like goes into like fighting mode i thought that was pretty cool so yeah. i enjoyed that one last bench point that i really like is um they um what was i gonna say totally forgot it you were talking about she goes into the fighting stance and I remembered something, and I don't remember anymore. Dang it! I hate that. Boy. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to move on. Shoot. What was it? This is why I write things down. The one I did not write down. Because you just made me think of it. Two seconds. I will remember. I have to. Nope, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, there actually there is one. There this isn't this isn't what it was, but a different one. Okay. Is that when the, he like the first fight where Alita's chasing Ito and you think he's a bad guy still. And then he like is getting wrecked by Gruishka and that nice girl, I don't know her name. And he's like, Alita, run. And it like shows her running and it like tricks you to think that she's running away. And then she starts fighting. <laughs> or the scene where like after she beats up that dude and the girl with the knife is going to fight her and she's just kind of like raises her fist like really innocently like <laughs> I love that scene because <laughs> the la- the knife lady just like pulls her out like sharpens up like she, she like goes crazy and she's just like fist up like, like, <laughs> like stan- it's not even like a stance it's just like fist up it's so like loose fist it's so great um yeah but I still don't remember what that other one's that's so disappointing alright well if you remember make yeah. sure to tell us uh, oh, I love the Mars scenes, that, or like the moon scenes. Oh, that was, so I want more. I, that looks so I cool. Know what happens. That's yeah. not in the book, as I, far as I know. I want like That's a so 15 cool. minute minimum segment of where we're watching that battle in space. Because that looks so or cool. Or the one, like, I just want to know, like, how did she get from the moon to, like, who's that? I forget, I forget her, like, the leader's name. I forget her name. It right. starts with a G. And her flashbacks, like, what happens after she saves her? Greta or something like that like what about the moon what about like when she saves her from falling off the giant tube thing like I just want to know <laughs> anyway I would love a movie if they did like a prequel that, that would be so, so in- alright if you're listening director dude <laughs> please <laughs> we need a prequel yeah, to Alita uh, Robert Rodriguez right. Robert Rodriguez hook us up please we would even like if it's just us we would love you forever and like that movie would be the greatest ever or because just, like, just, like, just an, a movie of like okay what was the war like what was the fall how did Zalem survive what caused the war and how was Alita on the moon and I guarantee you if anyone who's watched Alita Battle Angel, they would definitely watch a prequel. Because that sounds so cool. Like, they were talking about, like, what happened. Oh, there was the war. Like, the 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 United Republic of Mars. And, like, you know, they're fighting these sky cities and they all fall down. And it's just like, this... And there's they're fighting on the moon. That sounds so freaking cool. But we're only given just, like, a tiny drop of, like, what happened. Yeah. Just, like, the bare minimum. And it's like... Even if it's want to see it. Sequel. Even if you give us a sequel, but give us more flashbacks. Just give us more moon. All right, come on. More moon. So I guess after our our freaking out about the moon, we should move into our next segment, which is least favorite or dislikes and favorite scenes. I'll go first. Oh, Oh, man, I have so many favorite scenes. Um, I'm just going to, like, throw a blanket statement out there. Wait, wait, do we go... Dislikes oh, or yeah, likes sorry, first? Sorry. I'm excited to talk about my favorites. <laughs> dislikes. I had one actually for this one, and I don't remember what it was. Um, if you want to, I can go what you think. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe it'll remind okay. me. Okay, I got two. The heart scene when Alita tries to give her heart away. Like, that was what was that? <laughs> like, I thought it, you know, you know, they just like smooched, which anyone saw that coming come on they go up on the bridge like right in the middle of the bridge like please anyways and like they're talking about how he, they got to raise money for hugo to go up to the city and all of a sudden she's like oh have my heart it's just like what why are you just gonna and we all know that her heart is like powered by like some super chip or something so it's like worth millions and it could power iron city for years so it's just like why are you doing that and then he's just like, nope, like, put that away, like, stop. And even though they, like, called the attention to it, like, Alito's like, that was pretty intense, huh? Like, it was still too much for me. I was like, what is happening? Like, why is she doing this? Like, it just, maybe it was, like, hinting at how much she loved him and, like, truly had, like, fallen for him. She was Because she said, like, she was willing to do anything for him. 
So maybe it was hinting at that, but still, it was, like, way uncomfortable for me. That was just weird. And then the other scene is was her attempt to inspire everyone to go fight against, oh like... God. The Hunter Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I, like, as soon as she started talking, I was like, oh, my... This is way too cheesy. Like, stop talking, please. And then she goes to kick butt, which is awesome. But, like, that little speech part, I was just like, why? No one's going to join you. Because, like, this is just way too cheesy and, like, superhero-y and just, look. So those two scenes were like, ugh. But, like, what followed immediately after totally made up for it. So it was okay. Yeah, those two parts were like, why is this happening? <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it, my least favorite scene was the heart scene. Like, the whole time I was, like, anxious. Like, what the heck is she doing? Like, this is so weird. Stop it. I felt like it was going to lead to the plot. Like, he's going to accept it and, like, give it to Vector or something. You're like, Frick, no, don't do that, you know? But, uh, yeah. So that, that I remember. But my least favorite scene this time, it's not that I, like, dislike it. It's just my least favorite scene um, is the scene where... Gruishka comes to I forget her name, Sherry Sharin and, and Vector and asks him to get fixed and Nova overtakes him like I don't have a problem with it. It's just kinda like I don't know, I just dislike it. I don't know why. It's just kinda like, eh. Yeah. That could be done differently. I don't I don't have a suggestion. Like I understand like the the the, the character development and world building and like plot that that provides is really important and I think it's well done, but part of me is like I don't like the I just don't I don't know. Every time I watch I'm like, eh. It's not that I dislike, it's just Leaf's favorite. So, okay, do you have a least favorite scene besides the yeah. heart one? Um, when Sharon, quote unquote, died? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it didn't show anything whatsoever, like what went down, but like they, they like, took all of her vital organs or something like that. The whole point was like, what sucked? That was like a major character that just like bumped gone. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, like, when that made me think, when I watched her, like, she had a development, you know, like at the end she chooses to save. Hugo and help out Alita, but we don't. And like before, she was kind of like a douche. Like we don't, really, we don't really see like a lot of her and like what really drove her to change that. I guess they kind of did, but um, yeah, I was I was sad when she died and like kind of in a girl's way. Too. We don't see how, but it's just like all of a sudden we're looking at her eyeballs and it's just like oh. Yeah, they had to keep it PG thirteen, so <laughs> we'll just show her eyeballs. <laughs> but that part I was like, dang, that I'm disappointed. I feel like they really could. Could have gone a better road of like seeing her actually progress and like show a sacrifice, but she like, and even like it just showed that she like kind of like stepped out of her boundaries of her you know hardcore character and saved Alita's you know boyfriend Hugo, and then she's like, you are dead now, it's boom just like that. Maybe that shows just like the cruelty of Nova and that whole you know how bad how bad the bad guy is. And maybe even like just show more of the relationship with her and Doctor Ito. Cause yeah, I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted that, and that's that's what I felt like that was I was cut off from. My other least favorite scene was, um, I'd say, when that dude got cut in half. I was like, oh freak, dude! <laughs> like I felt like there was some character, there were characters that I, that I connected to that I wanted more of. But they killed him off like really quick. It was like. Dang it, I wanted more of him, you know, because Tanji was like this guy was like being skeptical. I wanted him to like join sides with the Lita, but he was cut in half by whatever Zapan because he's a pansy. I remembered my binge point yeah. and, and also my least favorite scene. So the binge point is that when Alita plays the scrimmage for Motorball the very first time and she gets knocked over by Tanji, Hugo helps her up. The second time she like rejects Hugo's hand. And then stands up with like this devious look on her face, like, I wanna get you. It's great. Anyway, um, my least favorite scene is where Vector dies. For only the reason that I want more of Vector. And like, maybe they'll bring him back to life. Who knows? Hugo survives. But I, I appreciate like how much control and how powerful Alita was over Vector. And like, I have no problem with Alita winning the way she did. They're, like, my only qualm with it is that Vector's dead. I like how he died. I liked that Alita was the one that did it. I like the story that it provided Alita. I'm just sad that Vector's dead because I want more Mahershala Ali and I want more Vector. So, But favorite scenes, I have a few. A blanket statement, all the battle scenes are sweet. Oh, yeah. They're so good. Probably my favorite, the scene where she fights Kruishka and gets cut into a million pieces is great. I did not see that coming. I thought she was like going to punch him and, but then she just got cut in pieces and I was like, oh, she's like super dead 
so I, I I'll, I'll mention three and I'll talk about two right now and one in Fallen. So my three favorite, if I pick them, is that fight scene with Gruishka where she gets chopped in pieces. The scene where she invades um, Vector, she invades the factory and kills all the centurions or centuries, whatever they're called. And then the scene where Hugo dies. Those are my three favorites. The two I'll talk about is the fight with Gruishka. I again, first time I had no idea that was coming. I was expecting her to win, and then she didn't. I was like, what? You can't have her lose. Like, do you know how movies work? They win, okay? You can't lose. And I think it was a great, like, I feel like my interest in Alita would have been a lot less if she would have just won. Like, her losing made me connect and have more interest in her story. Yeah. And I also think that it was way victorious when she finally did win. And it's cool to see her go from, like, this fragile doll to, like, unstoppable um, berserker body. So, I love that scene. I think it was a great, great, like, transition from the traditional storytelling where she just totally loses like completely so and then the other scene was when she invades the factory and kills all the centuries it's like you get another scene where she's just unstoppable and just a boss and ragging everybody and it's just like all right we'll move on like it didn't it wasn't a super long fight scene it wasn't like oh there's another century there's another century got more people to kill it's just like she just wrecked them and then she moved on and it was well done so those are my favorites all right i'd say because there's, I could talk, you know, like Harrison said, all the action scenes are awesome. But I'd say my favorites, I have two just moments. I, I, don't, I don't even want to say the whole scene. But two moments where I was like, oh my gosh. And it's, well, they both happen in like the span of like 20 seconds. It's when um, Alita's in that like bar for the Hunter Warriors. And she's talking to Zapan and like, he so she like roasts the crap out of him, right? Like make fun of his hair, his face, which is hilarious, by the way. But when he first like grabs her neck, the way she like twists, grabs his neck like underneath his arm and like slams his face into the table, I was just like, oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> like, I got so hyped up in like the span of half a second because it was just like grab, smash, like so quick. I was like, that was so cool. And just, like, the way she did it was awesome. And so that was incredible. And then, like, when she, like, wrecks him again and, like, kicks him to the wall and, like, he, like, dropped his sword, she, like, picks it up, kicks it, and it, like, sends it, like, two feet into the concrete wall right above his head. I was just like, oh, dang, dude. You, like, she is serious, dude. You better wreck some days. So, like, that was so cool to me. I just got, like, super hyped watching that, so... I'd say those are my favorite moments of that scene. Yeah, I had to jump on that on that train too. I, the moment where he, I guess get the, it's a pansy. I'm gonna call him the pansy from now on. Gets kicked back to the wall and she just kicks the the freaking sword straight into the wall as it's nonchalant. It's like that's a warning, like just back off. But then my favorite part is like <laughs> he was like like goes up and like hey like. As if I think I can't remember what he said to her. Like, what are you doing? He's like, and then Elita's like, I want you to. I need you to stand way back. (laughs) I don't need your help. (laughs) And then that that, like part when she throws up the two beers and like kicks him at their faces. That was like straight just for cool stuff. Because I'm pretty sure it didn't even hurt the guys. You know, bottle the face or whatever. But like that was just like she throws up spins. It's like that like kicks into their face like. Yeah, that was way cool. But the, that's, that was one favorite scene. The other favorite scene was when she is in Motorball and she goes to like, I can't remember, but so much was happening. She goes to, she two guys come after her and he ripped off, she ripped off one arm, and takes him out and then jumps and takes out the other guy with, with oh, the other guy's arm. Yeah. That was epic. That was awesome. Dude, the motor, the whole motorball scene, I like can't take my eyes off the screen, and I've seen it so many times. It's just like this is epic. It's so sweet. Not gonna lie, though, I do have to say, I was surprised by how much this movie had. Like, it almost seemed like super gory. Like, almost. not gory, like in terms of like blood and guts and everything, but just like the way people were killed, or like. It's very, very anime. Yeah, it is. For sure, because I, for, I was like, whoa, wait, did that really just happen? Like, So there are a couple of months I was like, wow, like, that is pretty intense, you know? So that was surprising by this movie. Yeah. 
fun movie to watch. All righty, so on to our last segment, Fall In. All right, boys, this is, this is the big one. This is the, the meat of the podcast, Fall In. This is where we really just dive into the... Not only just... It's bigger than references. It, it's about conversations between three of us to where things that we've caught in the movie that mean something to us more than just entertainment and more of like messages that they wanted to get across like the actor themselves and the director but also what we we've caught from it and we just have this conversation between the three of us these us three friends and really just dive in and just let our creativity grow in this conversation so let's get into it. let's fall in what do you got for us harrison Oh, I got a lot of things to say about this movie. One of the reasons I love it a lot is because I, especially the first time I watched it, I cried when Hugo died. And not because I was sad he was dead, but because I connected to I what I personally believe the message was being portrayed at that time. That's what I'll talk about first. That's why it's one of my favorite scenes. And it's something that I still continue to struggle with, um, is that when you, someone is so obsessed with something you miss out on a lot of opportunities. And I think each one of us in our own way, like um, we're trying to reach some better form of life. You know, if you want to relate that to Zalem for the purpose of the movie, like each one of us is trying to reach something better. We're all striving for something. That's why we get up in the morning and do stuff is we're, we're searching for something, whatever it is. And a lot of it can be good. A lot of it can be bad. But either way, if you get too obsessed with it, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. You're going to miss a lot of relationships. You're going to miss a lot of love. And that's exactly what happened to Hugo. Like he was so obsessed with Zalem that he died. Like he died because he just would not give up on Zalem. And he, he was never going to make it there. But he was so obsessed that he was just clueless to it. And I, I love the part where, I love it for two reasons. Um, but when Hugo, right, right before he falls, and he's like, thank you for saving me. I think he realized in that moment that he needed to give up on his obsession of Zalm because he was missing out on so much better in life. The other part about it that I love is that Alita has to realize that even with all this power, like unlimited power, this Panzer Coons and her berserker body and this incredible sword, like she still can't save everybody. And she can't save everybody from their own imperfections, their own obsessions or weaknesses. I just think it's a power, powerful scene for, for both of them. And I, and I relate to that because a lot of time I get obsessed. Like, for example, a personal one related to this, like sometimes I started the podcast because I love talking about movies and I think they're amazing and I love having conversations about them. But my desire to succeed at it and make money, even though that's not the reason I started it and that's not the reason I continue to do it, sometimes that obsession, although a worthy, worthy cause, like causes me to miss out on a lot of enjoyment that comes from it because I'm so obsessed with this one goal that I miss out on a lot of enjoyment that I could be just by enjoying it. So yeah. going off of that, I've had a relation that they've, it's just, they're in, they live in this city and there's a place above them that it's claimed to be better. It's claimed to be how like Vector was saying that I'd rather be the ruler of hell than give service in heaven to where he knows he has his power, but up in heaven, it's uncertainty, but just a point where, the only thing you know, really, you really know about Salem is that it's better, and that it's better than this, you know, quote unquote dump. And Hugo was so big about that that he missed out on those things. And one thing I want to point out that I've learned within the past few months is that happiness is not determined upon where you're at or a place or location. Happiness is determined on you choosing happiness, whether your life is bad or good. And that's all based upon your opinion. Because you can, you can be as happy as you want. It all depends on you. You can involve happiness into your life as much as you want. You can have it be every day, every moment of every day. Or it can be you know once a week where you go hang out with your friends. Or go to church. Or go you know have some free time to yourself. Or not almost not at all. Like There's people that I've met who they accepted the fact that their lives are just it's just always going to be bad and like something bad is always going to happen to them. But once they run into a point where they find a little bit of happiness, they get a little nervous. They get a little scared to where, okay, this is too good to be true. This is, seems a little too good. Like they, they, they back out of it, back out of this potential point of where this can get them out of this rut and make them happy. And I've, and I really think that 
Alita Battle Angel, this movie really portrays that in a really good way. That Alita, she wants to go back to, you know, the quote-unquote dump. She wants to go back there. Even like Hugo, he gets so focused on the grass being greener on the other side, so to speak. That Zalem's better, and he misses out on all the happiness and good things that can happen in Iron City, whether that's with Alita or eating oranges or chocolate. You know, like, there's things that can be enjoyed that grass isn't always greener, so. Yeah. And I think that's what everybody needs to come to, come to learn that in a in their own way. They can't learn it the same way as I did, the same way as Kellen or Harrison did. Like, they have to learn it in their own way that the happiness that they want is always in front of them. Yeah. Like, happiness cannot ever be earned. It's not a... It's not a tangible thing. It's very much an intangible thing that you choose within your own mind to have. Yeah. Like it's always happiness is always. Com- you look at a kid. Look at three year olds. Look at four year olds. So you look at those kids who are just running around having fun. Like they have. You look at them. They don't really have a lot going for them. They're just going out and playing in the dirt, or they're going out and playing in, or whatever it is. Or they're just going to hang out with friends or anything like that. Or they're just, they don't understand. No matter what situation they're in, whether their family is is very well off or they're not, they always find some sort of happiness because happiness is always in front of you. That's why I've, I've come to really feel that for me, that happiness is always in front of you. You can choose to have it every day or you can choose to leave it behind you, you know, back at home or back where it is behind you. Yeah. And that's why I think this movie is really betrayed. In my in my eyes, the other thing I think this that scene portrays, particularly with Hugo, and like the idea of obsession, is like each one of us are truly striving for success. So to relate it to the movie, like Zalem can be that thing that we're trying to reach success at, and a lot of it's good, a lot of it's important, it's worthwhile, but. In each thing we strive to do, there's going to be risks, there's going to be sacrifices, there's going to be consequences, good and bad. that you're going to have to take to get there. And some of them may be worth it, but I think that there's not a cookie cutter answer for everybody. Like this is worth it. This is not each buddy. Each person is going to answer that question with given situations differently that, you know, this reward, is it worth this sacrifice and these things? Um, I think it's just important to ask the question. You know, sometimes you may not know the answer and I don't have the answer. You have to answer that. Like Kate said, but I think it's important to ask the question. And this movie made me ask that question for myself. So I, I love it for that reason. Yeah. Thinking when you guys were talking, it made me think about kind of how think about happiness and love, especially how when Alita once she kind of established her relationship with um, once she establishes her relationship with Hugo and they're kind of like dating, is that like she she loves him and now what's important to her is making Hugo happy, like she is willing to sell her freaking heart just so Hugo could reach his dreams and like um, and how it really pushed her like almost everything she did after that was like in memory of or for Hugo and how and like her happiness like that made her happy and I feel like that's what tr- that that's what love really is when you truly love someone what you desire is for them to be happy and, you know this comes from a guy like you know I'm not married at all or anything but like no, I've seen that like when like relationships I've seen is that when people really truly care truly care about each other, they put them them in front of themselves, like priorities and stuff like that. Um, but also Harrison talking about an obsession, just um, made me think like maybe question like do I have any like obsessions in my life? Because um, when we hear obsession, we think of like oh addiction or anything. And we only think like we can only be addicted to like super bad things like. Like drugs or like stealing or you know it's stuff like that, but um, I think kind of each and every one of us has like a mini obsession about certain things that we probably put too much time into, or we care about them too much when really it doesn't. Whether we care about them or not, it's not going to change us at all or do us any good at all. You know, we just it's like the amount of enjoyment we get from it. Um. So yeah, I think it's good sometimes just to step back and ask ourselves, like, are there any things that I am obsessed with to the point where it's unhealthy? And being able to learn just, to, like, moderation, you know? Being able to control that and have, like, complete control, kind of like Alita, like, yeah. in her life, so. 
She's kind of a cool role model to think yeah. of. I think she is. The other theme I love about this movie, and it's not any in particular scene, but just kind of the whole movie. I think Alita truly is like the most human person in Iron City. Like, even though she's totally alien and made of, and she's a cyborg, like, I feel like her mind and her heart is the most human out of anybody. Particularly in that world, I would imagine that a lot of people have lost themselves in a dog-eat-dog world. Like, you just kind of have to fend for yourself. Even Hugo's willing to you know, jack parts from cyborgs while they're still alive to make his way to zone. Like, that's horrible. Um, But Alita is so uniquely herself without being afraid. Like, she has no insecurity. She's just herself, and she's so in touch with her emotions. Um, But in a controlled way. Like, she understands her love for Hugo, and she connects with it and and accepts it to the point where she's like, here, have my heart, but then understands, like... what that means and says like oh that was a little intense like she's able to be like totally commit to something but then also to take a step back and be controlling over and be like okay what's right and wrong like what's the balance here um just the the ability to connect and feel your emotions while being truly yourself and having control over that and all good stuff so really fun movie to enjoy and talk about any any other themes or messages you guys want to point out i think that's it for me Okay. Well, thanks for watching this with me, guys. But also a huge thanks to like everybody in the fandom of Alita. You guys, like, fan base of this movie is. I find it like hilariously charming. Like they have a Reddit and a, like an actual Twitter account for the Alita Army. And when anybody in like film Twitter, whether they're like, "What movie are you watching this weekend?" or "What movie should I watch?" or anything like that, you just go look at one of them, and every single comment—well, not every single one, but like ninety percent of them—is Alita. Just because, like, one of the members of that fandom is like, there's a question about a movie. Everybody go comment. And so they all do. And it's just, like, it can be kind of annoying. But I find it charming that, like, these people are so passionate about this movie that they just want to share it with everybody. And I think, and they're, but they don't do it in a negative way. They're never like, oh, this movie's better than that. And this one's horrible. It's just like, Elite is great. Go watch it. Which I think is, it's fun. So, so I'm new to this fandom. Cade was new to it. And both on Reddit and Twitter. You guys were so welcoming and fun to be around. So... Thank you for that. Yes. And thank, hopefully you enjoyed our podcast and what we had to say about it. If you did, please consider subscribing, especially for these next few weeks, some of my favorite movies that we're about to watch. And then we'll be back at the, at the MCU. So, see you guys next week. Ciao, ciao. Peace out, home dog. We'll do, baby. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.